0: a lot to get on my show genius you're probably someone we'd like to know you're really good at stuff you probably like to dance you like long walks and you wear clean pants genius get onto my show howdy folks welcome to living with a genius i'm your host omar crook on this episode i have terrific bass baritone philip cocorinos now phil's been with us at la opera Gosh, five, six, seven times since I've been there. I've been there for 12 seasons. This is my 12th, end of my 12th season. We are currently singing a production of Tosca, which is fantastic. I mean, literally, it's one of the best casts. I don't know, it might be the best cast I've ever heard on the LA Opera stage for any show. If you look at the whole cast together. I mean, we've got Sandra Radvanovsky singing Tosca, and uh, uh, down in the green room, a couple nights ago when we opened the show, we were all thinking and talking about the fact that she sounds just like Maria Collis. I mean, it's unbelievable, but like a fresh, terrific, the best of Maria Collis, which, I mean, that just gave me a little bit of a stomachache to say, to be honest, because I'm a huge Maria Collis fan. And uh, and it's funny because I read the LA Times uh, review today, this morning, popped up in my Facebook feed, um, and they said the same thing. She sounds just like Maria Collis. It's true. And Russell Thomas, holy mackerel. That, his, his cover, those sea is unbelievable. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, what was it, Norma last season or two seasons ago? He sang uh, in that production with us. He was tremendous then, and he's, he's even better now. It's crazy. And Phil is singing the sacristan. Now, he does a lot of uh, character roles, secondary roles, tertiary roles, and uh, but he does them at the highest levels, L.A. Opera, a place called the Metropolitan Opera back east somewhere and uh, he goes all over the world and sings very nice guy and he's a singer singer. I really enjoyed this interview because we talked a lot about working in this business uh, singing roles preparing for roles, the difference between leading roles, secondary and tertiary roles uh, the different demands uh, required uh, of us in this business. this is a really a great episode for uh, people who are interested in the the ins and outs of being a singer, an opera singer. It's a great episode for students, people who are studying to be opera singers. Um, And it's a great lesson in uh, realizing that there's more than one way to skin a cat in this business. You can make a living. uh, You know, you don't have to be uh, a Maria Callas type, super famous, uh, uh, super high profile. Phil is a... I don't want to call him a workhorse. I mean, that's—I don't. It's not derogatory in any way. He—he is really the best at what he does, and uh, what he does is make a very good living in music, and that's a real trick. If any of you are out there trying to do that, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's—it's a, this is a tough business to make a living, and he makes a great living. He's got a family. He's got it, you know. He's got it figured out, and we talk about that in this interview. The, the flip side of the coin here, the other side of the coin with this interview is that as soon as I turn the microphones off, we had another half hour long conversation of, of anecdotes and stories and funny things that happened in the opera house. And this has happened to me a couple times, uh, two or three times in, in this, since I've been doing the podcast. You know, it's just one of those things that happens. I, I've, I haven't learned to just leave the mics running for some reason. I mean, frankly, some of the stories he told we couldn't have aired anyway, but um, I don't know. If you're you're thinking about getting into podcasting, this is my lesson. Keep the mics running. Lesson for life, I guess. What else? What else is happening? I don't know. I guess that's about it. Happy Monday. It's a nice Monday. It's a little overcast, but what are are we going to do, complain in Southern California or Los Angeles? It's paradise, people. We're living the dream. Hope you have a great day. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I want to thank you all for tuning in and here's Phil <laughs> uh, it tickles yeah
1: well thanks for being on the show Phil well I'm glad to be here nice that I was invited
0: it's really great uh, just stepping off stage and uh, getting to talk right away uh-huh how'd it go for you out there
1: in our first oh, it was dress good it was it was good things are supposed to go wrong during the dress so yeah what happened a, oh you know a little coordination nothing noticeable I just I had eye contact with Maestro Conlon a few times. That usually... That, <laughs> that usually that messes means, things that, up. That means somebody's... <laughs> someone's upset or someone's not... It hasn't gone right. Now, you've yeah.
0: sung... I mean, you've sung here a lot and you've worked with James a lot. Mm-hmm. You yeah.
1: guys, what's your relationship like? Do you like... Do you, do you guys... Gel seems yeah. to be fine? Oh, yeah. I, I love him. I, I mean, he's... Uh, I, I, I've known him, worked with him since... I don't even know in the early, the early 90s or sooner whatever but uh yeah he's i think he's uh, he's great he's a he's a, a student of all the traditions and sure. in, in really the best way he's so uh he's so committed to you know to to the art and it's uh and he's it, so scholarly great. too that's i i love yeah, this it, it's, it's, it's great but but it's so you learn a lot but he's he's collaborative and open and uh you know it's it's very serious you have to be uh, you know he he's tough. It's, it's not sure. it's not that it's just like a you know a, a, an easy time, but uh, but in all all the right ways for all the right reasons. You yeah, know? and he de- and he, he does his part. You know you can you rely on in opera, especially you rely on a conductor to be clear. Um, you know to to be aware, to be available when you uh, you know when you need him, and and you know he's all that. A lot of uh seems like a lot of symphonic conductors uh have a a different uh different understanding of what's practically necessary for opera you right, know you right. have to be able to glance at a conductor out of the corner of your eye and see part of a beat and know where where the beat is you know that you're behind or ahead or yeah whatever and you know uh uh, some more symphonic conductors are just want you to stare at them all the time and uh, you know there's not a lot of magic to be had when you're doing that It gets in the way because we have yeah. we, we all have a lot of work to do he's you know he's managing the orchestra and keeping the ensemble and uh you know and and driving the performance and uh, you know we're trying to create characters and and go to the right place and juggle our props and right you know and we're all dedicated to making a musical performance that's that's you know makes sense and is you know engaging right and so you need somebody who's practical who understands you know I got to be clear here I got to you know uh I got to be there for the stage and he's yeah. he's like that you know he see he he can tell he's one of these conductors who when uh when you make a mistake and you you look at him He's already looking at you. You <laughs> he already. Kn- he's. She's almost looking at you before you screw it up. <laughs> right. 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 But uh, yeah, that I, that's very. It, it's disconcerting, but it's also very. Uh, you know, it means when it's going well, it's, it's going well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's comforting to have that safety net too. And yeah. the nice thing that
0: I, the the one thing I've always known about him and that I've noticed is that he he knows instantly when to drive and when to let you drive. Exactly. And it's this trade-off. That's where the magic is for me in this in any kind of live performance. Yeah. Uh, and
1: this opera, especially he uh, you know he's he just knows it so inside out that uh you know he gets in it just an inflection he you know he'll stop and when we were preparing mm-hmm. and he'll say no i know I know people do that I don't want that look at what Puccini wrote you know he it says a tempo here, so don't schlep you know or, right. or what whatever but uh, uh you know it's it's extraordinary and he's he understands the you know people the, People, I think, don't appreciate the craftsmanship of, of Puccini. They there are people who kind of put him down, and say he's all he's melodramatic or it's Too popular, uh, whatever. Hmm. It, that's totally wrong. It's, it's the Tosca especially is so so crafted in such detail dramaturgically. It's it's completely concise. There are motifs in the music throughout the opera and they're not just thrown on they they're actually significant if you you connect them with the words or with a with a a a moment or a gesture it's 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 an incredible piece and and james knows that you know and he he insists on it and you know that's very stimulating because you know i i think it's a fantastic piece and La always gets remarkable cast oh, top geez. to bottom I mean this is and the best
0: uh, we, we've been talking about it in the chorus uh, down in the green room and a lot of us agree and think that this is the best cast we've heard for any huh. show in any show well, ever well, I mean in the 12 seasons
1: I've been it's, here it, yeah, it's, it's pretty great I mean you know absolutely it's and and you know they're, they're like two casts and they're both spectacular I, I, it's just crazy uh, you know it's just and actually in, in one case a third a third cast. It's, yeah, it's really quite remarkable, and and the uh, having James in the pit really makes it work because he's he's experienced that. Like I said, there's a uh, his level of control or of, of being on top of the performance is uh, is really liberating, and it, it lets you know. I I don't know many conductors who could uh, you know f- go with the flow and and. Con- control it as much at the same time mm-hmm. as, as as he does it's uh, you know he has a real sense of what the pace of the show is what's important and you know it's very consistent and at the same time it's, it's totally flexible
0: yeah I mean for Puccini and Verdi I, I don't it's tough to find anybody better than, than Conlon yeah I yeah, mean really absolutely and tell me about how why do you guys go back to so,
1: yeah and the russian repertoire and, and the yeah, german and that, repertoire. Yes, no, i mean I, you know I, yeah. I i've i've done other uh, you know his salome was I, I know he did salome this year uh i did it with him at the met in the early 90s and that was spectacular he he has a uh, I, I think like i said his uh his sense of the tradition of 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 each uh, each opera in the in whatever style it Mm is 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 really strong and he he's a a real student of it Um, so he he's idiomatic in Italian and he's idiomatic in German and in the Russian and that and you know he's 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 a hard-working guy and he loves what he's doing and it communicates to me I mean uh, you know I I think uh, it's sort of inspiring to see someone who is as deeply engaged as as he is and so and that you know that's a big thing about what's going on at LA Opera we you know you've got somebody like James you have you know uh, Maestro Domingo is just the, you know an inspiration <clears throat> every cool, time you sure. see him yeah you know in on so many levels as an artist as a you know a as human, a person a human being, and, yeah yeah and you know as a as an art artistic I don't know he 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 his artistic vision or his, there's something going on in this mm-hmm. company that's extraordinary with the mixture of you know of, of James and Christopher and, and uh, Maestro Domingo yeah. that it, it, you know is really extraordinary so we get great you get great casts it's really good art they understand how to make the uh, make the process uh, you know happy and comfortable and, and therefore creative for everyone mm-hmm. it's a great place to work <laughs> yeah I
0: mean you don't feel like you I, I had a talk with Christopher on the on the podcast. he was a, another great interview and and he he made it very clear that you know la is kind of out of the way for a lot of singers and mm-hmm. that's one of the ways that this company attracts such great talent is
1: is that it's a fun nice well it's important you, you know to the singers talk so we, we you know you yeah. hear when you hear that that's the, an offer from somewhere the company has its reputation and uh, uh, you know uh, yeah this is remarkable. Uh, you know combination of uh of sort of s- s- small in a good sense an intimate company uh but but operating at the highest level mm-hmm. you know the the technical level is is incredible the costumes are you know perfect the the set's beautiful the you know the productions mm-hmm. are all are beautifully cast world class it yeah. was you know it's really great and yet uh there's not a lot of the kind of i don't know what the 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 negative i don't know there's a there's a love in the company you know it's like there's the right atmosphere to to actually work Well, we feel it in the course for sure yeah i mean uh, everybody here it's a rare it's a rare thing and it's it's gotta come i mean it's a combination of everybody you know you have uh, you know james down at the at Kendall's after the performance, right, having drinks with everyone. Yeah, sure. And you know, you've got. Uh, I'm sure uh, Maestro Domingo understands what atmosphere is required. You know, and he's he's always just incredibly gracious. Uh, oh yeah, when and, we have league uh, meals, he comes and sits with us. And yeah. And uh, you know, you know, so it's uh, there. There is something. It's it's no. Well, I guess I've been coming here enough to feel like it's part part of the. Tradition of the company. That yeah, they, how long has it that. been?
0: I mean, because I'm not I really sure. <laughs> I've worked like, with you four or five, six times in yeah, the twelve it's, seasons. Yeah, it's I've been close here.
1: to. I don't know. I think it's around ten years, maybe, maybe give or take. Yeah. Someone told me I'm having a hundred performances soon, or either I just went through or about to have them. I don't know. Yeah. I got. We got to look that up. I, I
0: mean, know. out of everybody we sing with, I th- I would think, I think you're probably the most regular. We see you quite a bit. It's. Uh, I'm a lucky guy. Yeah, and how far <laughs> back you you said you would go back? Uh, to the 90s with James how did that start
1: well first thing let's see uh, well i worked with his wife Jennifer Ringo who's a, a wonderful soprano and i think she was the first one that introduced us uh, mm. uh um and uh let's see then I, I sang at the May Festival in Aida so with in a, Cincinnati? with an unbelievable cast mm. uh of uh, especially at the time Susan Dunn and Dolores Zajick <sighs> and uh anyway and that that was terrific and uh and then a lot of things at the met i was singing uh singing regularly at the met in the early 90s as a you know kind of a, a supporting artist house mm-hmm. singer mm-hmm. and we did quite a few things there i don't even you know mm-hmm. like i said saw really many things all what salome Cavanchina, um rossini something Day. Mm-hmm. we called it Sammy Ramy Day <laughs> uh, and and a lot of things and you know and since then here several times so you know, is just... being a supporting cast member always been your
0: bag is that is that
1: um, yeah is it a matter of that. just
0: finding going where the work is partly the reason I ask that is that I've had on this show a few people who have set out to be character tenors uh-huh. or so, uh, really set out to to fill that that niche, knowing that there's always work, was that part of it, or was it just circumstantial? That um, how did it work for
1: you? Well, so I would say, you know, for, part of it is just circumstantial. I mean, I, I was able to, uh, you know, when I had a family, I wanted to be close to home, yeah. and home was New York, and the Met was available to me, so I was uh, I was kind of there full time for, for a couple of years. Excuse me, but um, but I wanted to do more. And so, with their cooperation, I was able to, uh, you know, be there part of the season and go out and do more Leading. major parts mm-hmm. elsewhere, which which they uh, you know, correctly encouraged because, you know, as they said, well, when you come back, you're in you're in better shape, you're more, you know, you you're more experienced, right. than you can... You can do that, so you know. And as a as a younger singer, you you're very much you want to be like the guy who's carrying the show and all that. Right. But uh, uh, you know, there's something to be said for you know having your one scene where you uh, you know where you you do your thing and you do it well, and and then someone else carries the show. Especially as you uh, you know as you've had that experience, it's it's nice to just sort of do your do your one thing try to do it well and 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 frankly I you know I'm I'm I love the art form and I want to be in I want to be surrounded by the best people that's the most stimulating thing and mm-hmm. that that makes you your best you know um so being uh you know sharing the stage with you know somebody like Sandra Ravanovsky and you know or whoever it happens to be is sure. is incredibly stimulating wherever wherever it happens mm-hmm. and I have no, uh, you know, I, I I have no problem, you know, being a character. I'm willing to, you know, get grubby and and look unattractive mm-hmm. if if that fits. It's, mm-hmm. That's what we want. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you when you were singing, uh, uh, l- so leading roles was it uh, more difficult for you psychologically? I, I the only reason I ask is because when I was out, like for instance, when I sang Count Almaviva, in in. Barber of Seville. I found that to be quite stressful. Yeah. And I did that enough. (laughs) I did that type of work enough Mm -hmm. so that I I never got over that. I always felt nervous. I always, it it was not a great
1: experience for me. So then I just stopped. Yeah. So the best experiences are not the ones you're nervous about. You know, what the thing that keeps you in it, keeps me in it, and drives me is that the possibility that you're going to be in a really great production that you're excited about mm-hmm. and if the rehearsals go well like like a lot of the best things happen in rehearsals um but if those go well then by the time the you know by the time you're performing uh you're just i'm just really excited about what we're doing because i you know we're we're advocating for the for the opera whatever sure. it is and trying to sort of uh, flesh out the things that are, that I think are great about this character or this opera. Right. So there you come with a kind of an agenda of things that you know. I I love this. I want everyone who comes to the opera to see this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did
0: you get that you, as of as a leading man as much as you do? Yeah. Doing what you're doing. Actually, you
1: it's easier in a lot of ways uh-huh. because you have you have more time to do it. You can you can grow. You can show show growth. You can do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and. Also you have a, you're in a better negotiating position with the director and the conductor because sure. they know you're going to be carrying a lot of the show. so sure. uh, you know they have to answer hard questions. And you know some, uh, some directors, the, the best directors are just love it when you ask the hardest question. Sure. And they, they're totally prepared for that and willing to go there. Um, and you know not but that's not always the case sometimes, uh people think you're being difficult and, right. and that, but uh but that's not what it's about you know for me the thing uh, you know it really it sounds it sounds idealistic but it, you know the the thing that turns me on is feeling like uh this is a, i love this opera and this is a great performance and i'm just uh, like i can't believe i'm standing next to these amazing artists you know and then you find out when you have one of those great productions that everyone feels, feels the same, the same way, way, like oh, this is so great, I better not mess up. You yeah, know? right. Um, and that you know, it's it's not easy to create that. I mean, I've had a, re- I've been really lucky and have a, a great sort of batting average on on having a being in a great production mm-hmm. and having a good time. Um, you know, but not every time, and the, and it's tough when you're when you're carrying a lot of the show and you're not seeing eye to eye with the director or the conductor is not. Accommodating where they need to be, or you know, or is is somehow stiff or in the way. There's a lot that can go wrong in opera, yeah, sure. And uh,
0: tell me about about a a role like the sacristan. How do you squeeze enough out of that role to
1: make it something really juicy for yourself?
0: What is it that you're bringing? What do you want to show the audience? It's just like every
1: other part, it's you're not squeezing anything, there's a ton in that just built in. It's absolutely, and you know if if you get to understand it and you think about but uh, there's so much to think about there's the you know it's a political opera so there's a political context he's he, he's uh you know he's Tell working cotton. working in the church but he's clearly partisan mm-hmm. for the government he's mm-hmm. you know he's he's very much a right-wing guy and you know he's he's he judges this the cover as you know a revolutionary bad guy you know it's a uh, throwing away tradition everything about him is objectionable his lifestyle his his politics his outlook everything mm-hmm. and so that whole scene is it, it, just from that context uh everything uh, their interactions are needling he's constantly needling him mm-hmm. and uh you know and of course cover couldn't care less which just makes him more angry mm-hmm. sure um so there's that then there's the uh, you know puccini has yeah, uh, we talked a lot about this tick uh, Puccini has, has specified and written musically uh, places where the, the character has a, a twitch like a, a, Nervous. a Tourette's type mm-hmm. thing and uh, uh, you know what is that you just work on that for a while we talked about it how do you do it how does it become not kind of caricature what does it uh, mean yeah. Yeah. What is it? When does it occur? I mean, their place. You know, when's it more likely to happen? And uh, you know, so you go through and you work the twitchins in a way that's there, but it's not. Uh, it, but but it's it's not. But it's stick. not anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just is incidental. You know, um, and you know, a, a hundred things like that. You just really kind of uh, you know read the play, listen to the music, talk. You know, sometimes look at. Uh, one of the the luxuries we have in opera is we can look at tradition and see who you know what did tayo do when he did sacristan what did you know uh you know a hundred others um and you and you sort of get a sense of the tradition and then you say well yes but not not today we can't i i can't do that or you know he's he's incredibly funny guy but i'm not i can't do that stick that's right. not my thing or what's relevant today you know what right. does it speak today to yeah now audiences? you know How we're you change it. our our style american artists are pretty you know we're pretty uh wedded to the real drama and and not as much as we love the traditions they ha- it has to be you know firmly grounded in in the text and in the music and mm-hmm. and and then the tradition you know it's mm-hmm. all part of it but uh uh, yeah so how do you build it I mean it's building a character and and you know in some ways it's more challenging I guess that's what you're driving at to do a, a small character in, right. in a scene but in this case the character is so yeah, it's drawn with yeah. such detail that you know you really just got to execute and then figure out why and justify it in your mind um, and and then it works mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes it's more of a, a challenge to to create a character that's You know not trying too hard uh sometimes your role as a supporting singer is to just support like to to make it possible for the person as a
0: fulcrum sometimes yeah yeah for the drama
1: so you know the scene is not about me a lot of the time and and uh and so what you need to do is let the scene be about the person who's you know the the diva or the Mm -hmm. the baritone or whoever it is Mm -hmm. and and know how to uh, you know, provide substance behind them so that they're supported, and uh, you know, to actually do the scene because they're they've prepared, <laughs> just right. like you did. Right. And so you got to be there to meet. You know, so some artists are very improvisatory, and they're you know, you never know where they're going to be. Yeah. How do you do? You like that? Yeah. If <laughs> if it's within. It's challenging. I mean, I yeah. love a challenge, you know. But yeah. if it's within the context of and the character, and, and the also you, you know, that's what rehearsals are for. You learn that uh, there are, you know, there are certain things that that have to happen, and then mm-hmm. there are other things that that could happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you you know when you're working with some artists are extremely uh, consistent, and with so the, you with work the out smallest something, little detail, right? right. The you hand hand work it out, and, and, and now yeah. it's going to be there and i've I, i'm going to be there so that can happen or and i i'm like that a lot also um but other artists are are you know they're they're more big picture and they they'll give a they'll give a ton of attitude and they'll uh you know they'll they'll sing well and they'll do everything and mm-hmm. they may not be in the same place you know in, in in two performances but you prefer
0: to really map it out and
1: to try and do the same thing every night i'm more comfortable with that okay. but but that doesn't necessarily. I'm not saying I wouldn't it's a good say or bad it's a thing. Prefer, yeah. preference. It's, uh, uh, it's actually fun if you know, especially if it's a colleague who you've worked with and you know them and you can read them. Um, that you know, that's the most fun mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And I like. I've done a lot of Leporellos and Don Giovanni, and there's nothing more fun than being in tune with, you know, with, with your Don and and just playing, and you can you can have uh real and magic it, and yeah it, yeah it can be yeah. really magical because if you both really know what the opera is you know what what's happening in this scene there's a, there's a lot of room for improvisation and you know to get to that big moment mm-hmm. and uh sometimes especially in rehearsal where you can uh where it, it's easier to be free about sticking your neck out you know and a sure. performance it takes a lot of yeah. nerve to really do something very different or try a really different direction But in rehearsal, the worst that could happen is you have to stop, or you say, "Well, that was a lousy idea." But sometimes, you you do—you know—you go for something, and it's just electric, and the whole the the whole room, you know, lights up, and you and you say, "Well, that's great. We got to do that."
0: I think Uh, it's a matter of preference too. You know, as an audience member, I I prefer, I I rather see somebody crack or trip uh as an indication of the the amount of of energy that's being ex, ex, you know we were I was just having this conversation with somebody downstairs where there's there's nothing to me more boring than a perfect singer uh-huh. it's like uh, the well, first the, thing. the first 7 minutes are be, spectacular right you, you want like, it to be now what? fresh
1: and yeah. and you know the the danger in having a really detailed plan is that it can get especially if you're doing a longer series of performances it can get kind of dull and you know routine, and that's just never going to work it's mm-hmm. you know it's a live art form for a good reason right. it, because it's it should you know there's got to be some risk involved and everybody wants to feel like they're seeing a really just right up live to the performance edge. Yeah. right? Yeah. and they you know the people there it takes a lot of nerve and you know you know i've I've admired uh a lot of singers from close up who who really can stick their neck out i mean i am th- thinking of uh the first time i worked with with domingo Jeez, i saw yeah. i saw that i saw yeah. this sort of moment before he sang some phrase where you just you don't thought, know
0: what's going to happen yeah you saw and you saw, <laughs> you
1: could see in his eyes like <laughs> here okay <we> go. <laughs> here it goes and then he would do it with like such a long and you know it was it's it was thrilling. spectacular you know yeah. and you know, or uh, there. Are, well, there are others. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to say any names, but that uh, there are other people who are you know uh, difficult to be on stage with because they're so uh, in. They're really inconsistent, but really energetic and 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 that. So it's just like a freight train, right? And you know, and you if you can. You can jump on board, it's spectacular, but you, there's this feeling that you might be run over or at go any or moment, you're gonna you know? go
0: down with a ship too yeah. yeah,
1: and you know, and that's but the, uh, that's that makes for incredibly thrilling performances, you sure. know, and i uh, you know I've had b- uh, several tenors that I've worked with that that were like that spectacular. Thrilling performances, which sure. were just absolutely nerve wracking for everyone on the stage. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yet, you know, I wouldn't change it, uh, an ounce of it. It's, uh, you know, because it 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 absolutely it's just exciting singing, sure. exciting drama. Sure, you know, so yeah, there's room for everything. But uh, and, you know, and if you're a supporting artist, then you have you have to you do have to both things. You have bit. to be yeah. prepared for anything, and you also have to be. Uh, consistent enough that that uh, people can lean on you and i I think that's true whether you're a principal or you know whether you're the leading singer or or a supporting singer is that there's a fine line between you know sticking your neck out and doing something fresh and being consistent enough that you don't upset the cart
0: Um, yeah i i'm gonna get back to my original question and make it more direct do you prefer being a supporting singer or a leading singer
1: i i i don't care i prefer doing my best work where wherever it, it is um there there's great things about both of them yeah you know i i i want to be in an opera that i think is a great opera it just in a great performance yeah. and you know it really that's the most important thing to me all my most memorable experiences are are just uh, because the art is so exciting it's not about it's not about the applause it's not about it's, not about, I, it's never the, the applause is almost awkward uh, you know if if we could i know in some plays they'll there's just a, a single cast bow and that's it and i think uh, I, that would be fine with me wow <laughs> uh, even if i'm the you know even if i'm one of the major roles i uh, uh i mean i understand i would leave it out except that I understand the audience w- wants that you sure. know sometimes uh, you know even if it's a positive thing they want to cheer for the Tosca so
0: you really don't do this business to feel better as Phil you do this business
1: for to make art really. well no uh, Phil's about doing the art so yeah. that's not I can't I separate mean, those but a lot of
0: people but no, do no for I the couldn't applause, care less. a lot of people no you know, and I don't for think the that, ego.
1: that just doesn't I, I I don't think those people uh, end up being very good artists honestly yeah uh, because the you know, they're it's all out of focus and that and that's not what's happening here that's that's, that's one right. of the things i love about like you know we we're talking about you know placido obviously is just like you know a, a legendary artist and you know but really an artist not yeah not know. a showman yeah and yeah you know and when you asked me about uh, james it's you know he cares so deeply about all of it to make it everything he does is focused on making a a great performance mm-hmm. and it's and it's uh, a, a performance where that's aware of the tradition but is is fresh and you know newly interpreted mm-hmm. and that's just that's what what I care about that's right. what I want to be around right the the other stuff is just vanity and you know I, I mean it, it's nice to get a uh, you know a big ovation or a, a nice review or mm-hmm. a big paycheck or whatever those things are but uh, anybody who Goes into this business for that for those things is is a is sucker. a fool. Yeah.
0: Now I I know we've been talking a lot about James and and I had him on the show as well and mm. he started uh, he knew he wanted to be a conductor when he was I, I mean something crazy like four or five years old he wow. was so young was that the case with you have you always wanted to be in no. music I I How always loved start?
1: music I I sang in choruses and stuff in high school it wasn't particularly musical, artistic high school. Your parents weren't uh, musicians? Um, no, there was music in the house. I, I came from a Greek-American heritage, so there was a lot of, it was more like folk music, but, you know, Greek music. Mm-hmm. And um, But you weren't following in your, in your mom's I, I mean, I listened to, steps, no, so not like, in any as respect. As far as profession no. goes. No, I listened to, I was interested in classical music from, you know, from an early age. Mm-hmm. But I went to uh, I, I went to college to study economics and computers. Where was this? in, uh, in Oswego, New York, mm-hmm. the SUNY Oswego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I uh, saw in the catalog that they had voice lessons listed, and I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. We That's, have the what a same story. Same thing. Yeah, and I, and so I uh, I registered for that, and they said, well, no, you have to take a voice class first. Yeah, like group. Group yeah, voice. yeah, yeah, because it's because the private lessons were I not going to happen. Yeah, so we went to the group thing, and of course, I, you know, I'd been singing choruses and listening to classical music. So, all the music majors in the first day of class had to sing something, and they were doing like "My Country, Tis of Thee," and and I brought in something from Messiah, Because right. I was like, oh, I I don't know, I'll sing this. Yeah, and uh, that professor became a mentor to me, and I ended up in his select you know, like chamber choir. Sure. Uh, and then I met. Uh, there were two other very important uh, influences there, who were, you know, one was a director producer, and they started an opera company around the time I was there. So I got to do some things with them. Uh, and then I went to New York and uh, got a job in computers. And in my what? F- yeah, I was working at, at working at. So you graduated the, with your computer. With I was, your I went degree and well i got involved in computers at, like during the summer and then i ended up taking a job i was i worked at columbia university in the computer center mm-hmm. and I, it was like a regular job and in my i would take vacation time and free time and sang with every every little like showcase little yeah. in, in mm-hmm. new york mm-hmm. at every place i could and there was a point where i uh, had an offer to sing out of town and I had used up all my vacation and comp time and uh, you know that was kind of the moment of truth and uh, so I quit my job and did that and it, it works great because I was able to consult in in data communications for five years or so while I was doing so I'd go out of town and then I'd come back and I would work with one of my buddies on a project somewhere as a consultant and then I would go out of town again but then I got not so good at <laughs> at the computer stuff you have to stay on it yeah and you really preferred so you preferred oh yeah i loved the. i loved it. yeah i mean did you have a lucky. family at the time um i was uh, i was you know, married or, or uh-huh. yeah so not no kids until much later yeah um
0: and then what was your big break into i mean what when did the transition happen when yeah, you could really support very family well, as a singer
1: uh well i was managing i don't know i guess i went i i did the met competition and i was one of the winners in that which uh, was a huge help because that paid for voice lessons and scores and stuff you say
0: it so nonchalantly was it did somebody just say show up on tuesday and wear a
1: suit i mean what i did uh well i mean i was i didn't know anything i was just finding my way i had five arias and and a job and and i went and did it you know and uh, and uh, you know it was okay i'm sure it was it was acceptable i don't I, Did you, apparently wait, wait 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 have
0: you ever considered the fact that you have an extraordinary instrument and that you sing at the highest level in the
1: biggest houses in the country um is that yeah. something
0: that you're so modest about that you can't even
1: but it's not a modesty i have i've no you know it's like saying to you know someone have uh, is, have you ever considered that you're a beautiful woman and that helps yeah, you get know acting that. They jobs know that. yes well i don't know right? <laughs> i don't have any control of that the things i focus on are things that i can sure. control being prepared uh, you being, know yeah i sure. mean i ha- and i you know that's a struggle for me because i'm not very organized but you know <laughs> um yeah i i you know i feel like i i realized when i did some teaching that there's a lot that i take for granted
0: yeah was there that ever you moment where, you,
1: where you think oh wait a minute i i can do this i no, it's just fun. I do it because it's fun. <laughs> I mean, there's, wow. I, I, you know, uh, like I said, I've got, I've done some master classes, and there's some things where you kind of say to somebody, "Wait, do I have to explain to you I, this?" I, I, yeah, I, you I'm know, and you, yeah. you know, and I, and and as you like the third time you try to explain it like, that a, was the moment where i said wow i guess it's just like comes naturally to me like it's yeah it's perfectly obvious to me that this phrase has to be sung this way yes. and it's not perfectly obvious to everyone it um, happened to me when i went to school when i went to college i didn't read music at all i'd never studied
0: music mm-hmm. i had this extraordinary and i don't mean to, to, to be braggadocious about it but i had a, a way more natural ability than i had knowledge and so, there was a huge gap between a theory teacher trying to explain h- literally how music works mm-hmm. versus the fact that I could sing Don Jose from beginning to end very well. Well, And it was a very strange position to be yeah, in. Yeah,
1: and you can, you know, th- they're, they're two different things. You know, a lot of, a lot of great singers are not great sight readers and Mm -hmm. a lot of great musicians aren't necessarily great Great sight readers yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, uh, you know you hear you listen to uh, you know listen to the way Pavarotti sings a phrase and there's a there's there's music there and it doesn't you know whether he's literate or not right you know is irrelevant I mean I I have no idea to what extent there's no way he could have learned that many roles Mm -hmm. Right. without having some you know without being able to read at a that's certain right. level but uh but it's kind of irrelevant to what an opera these pinza apparently wasn't the greatest uh you know sight reader mm-hmm. but that's not the same as being musical that's right it's like being a
0: you can't t- teach somebody to be uh an extrovert or a people person mm-hmm. you just are you just
1: are or you aren't yeah, yeah so everybody brings I think the the fascinating thing is how each uh each artist brings a different a mixture of of strengths, and so you have some people who are just like a spectacular voice, mm-hmm. uh, and and something else, and uh, you know, and, uh, and a and a beautiful musician, mm-hmm. and but they they're a clumsy actor, or they might they might be weak somewhere else. Yeah. Another another person is you know is a perfectly consistent actor, beautifully prepared, but you know, average voice, but always correct, and mm-hmm. you know that person can can still contribute a lot it, you know everyone brings a different thing mm-hmm. and i i think that you know the the trick is to figure out what you're what you're good at and 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 do that <laughs> you know right uh, um you know i say to uh, sometimes talking to younger artists that you you need to figure out uh the role where when you walk out on stage and you stand and do nothing it's 90 percent happening for that character and that so that you can spend t- you know 90 percent of your effort on make being an artist you know uh, right and but if you go out there and you're trying to create 80 percent, you have to walk a certain way and the voice isn't right and uh and the music's too difficult or whatever else uh, you know you c- that's too much to do
0: that's what all, that was and,
1: always my problem as a principal artist is, i was just overwhelmed by just singing well just just getting through a role well, yeah well. you have to do it depends on the role there's some roles where it's probably Definitely not, not f- absolutely essential that you uh, that you have a a perfect perfect singing voice I mean yeah at a certain level yeah you have to sing well all the time but uh, but you got to figure out like if it, if you know if you're a tenor with a high C that's spectacular then you then should sing roles that sing. <laughs> that you do those roles because you're going to be. You go into the audition and you, you know for Rodolfo, and you sing a great high C. You're a finalist for that job. Sure. Um, it, you know it's a little more difficult when you're a kind of a a, a bass, a charactery bass. There, it's hard to just go in there and do one thing and win the job. Uh, you have got to. Uh, so it's harder. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of envy the, you know, the the guy who maybe doesn't. He's a little physically awkward, but it's a spectacular voice. Sure, uh, and he can sing Puccini. You put him in, in a so. potato sack, and people and are gonna yeah. You pay, know, he's gonna get hired because cause not too many people can do that. But you know, we each have if we have a talent that's usable that way, then you'll you'll get hired eventually. I mean, it yeah. seems like you work nonstop. Yeah i don't know no one ever no one's ever comfortable in this profession i know I right so you know yes. it's always yes, what's yes, next. so far what's like next? kind of the answer right mm-hmm. uh but uh you know you you just stick with what you're doing and uh, you know i've been incredibly incredibly lucky yeah i get to be i get to work with really amazing artists and you know that's that's a, the luckiest thing and on great works you know yeah, absolutely. Fantastic.
0: Now you've mentioned working with young people a few times. Do, is teaching something that you have your I, eyes set on?
1: I, you know, like every time I'm about to do that, then I get busy again, and I I wouldn't. I had such great teachers. I, I studied with uh, Armin Boyajian and uh, Richard Tarigi and earlier teachers. Uh, uh, you know, who were very dedicated to that that I benefited from their uh from the continuity of their teaching and mm-hmm. the fact that they really uh, you know paid attention to me and got to know what what I needed and that and uh so I I would love to teach but I wouldn't want to do it unless I could really be give that same kind of commitment to it mm-hmm. and uh you know it's uh, the the things that I've done master classes and a couple you know a couple lesson type things have been incredibly stimulating, especially if you have a talented student. Uh, you know, he's enthusiastic. I, yeah. I have so many friends who do it who just you know love it, and I I could easily uh, you know do that uh, mm-hmm. you know with great. You know, I was just talking with Nick Brownlee, You know, we get together and we're we're talking detailed technique right. about about a hundred different things. Oh, he's and so just enthusiastic too. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, I, it's I love exciting. that. You know, yeah. he's he's. Uh, 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 He's he's into it, you know. Yeah, he's, he loves. He, he, what he gets does. what he's he gets what's good, and he can recognize it. He understands it. He's mm-hmm. he's working all the time, and you know, and that's uh, that's that's what I'm into. And he so he's loving it for all the same reasons that I do. And that's that's what happens in you know in this company. There's all there's every time I'm here. There's that. Atmosphere. It's from, of the like, yeah, like we, it's from the top down. like any organizations
0: from the top down.
1: How can we make it better? Yeah, you know, that's right. You know, what's why is that? That was great. What? Why was that? You know, how did that happen? Right. That's what we do all the time, and it, it, you know, it uh, it's it communicates. You know, the audience can see it, and and when you're having a good time, and you know, I love. I also love watching a, a great artist like you know, it's, it's sing the high C and nail it, and then and there's that extra half second where you can sort of see in their eyes got that one you know? <laughs> and they hold it for an extra bit just because it's so good and then you, you know that's that's it's exciting that's what we love you yeah. know, and uh, and uh you know we appreciate it and then if you're lucky enough to hit one of those and and do it yourself that's that's icing <laughs> but anyway well
0: phil thanks for being on the show it's been a pleasure well there you have it folks that was Phil Cocorinos. Thanks, Phil, for being on the show. I always like working with, with Phil. He's a, he's a great colleague. He's always prepared. He's always a gentleman. He likes to have fun. You know, you're always welcome as far as the choristers are concerned, Phil. We love working with you. So thanks for being on. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I'd like to thank the ladies at uh, LA Opera, especially Fran Rizzi and Karen Bassler for helping me put these episodes together. Hope you're all safe out there. Above all, be kind to one another. That's what we need in this world, a little bit more kindness. So you know what? When you pass a stranger on the street, why don't you smile and say, Good morning. Makes people feel good. Pay it forward. All right. You're really good, Thanks so much. Until next time.